Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Hard Guy Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse H.S., and uh, today's going to be a little special tribute episode to uh, the one, the only, Vinny Paul from Pantera, also from uh, Hell Yeah, Damage Plan, uh, Rebel Meet Rebel. Um, yeah, he's passed away at the age of uh, 54, obviously, too fucking young, um, but being a huge Pantera fan, uh, kind of felt uh, obligated to uh, pay a little tribute to him and one of my favorite bands, Pantera. And I also have another huge Pantera fan, my good friend, Mr. Sean Henderson, here today. How's it going? Move a little closer to the mic, Sean. Okay, I'm closer. Um, but yeah, like, obviously, one of our main, like, bands that we've always connected on and related with uh, was like Pantera. Oh, our friendship is mostly based off Pantera. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think, like, when we first, like, started talking, we're like, that's probably one of the bands where we're like, okay, yeah, okay, we're good now. We're good. We're, we both like Pantera. We're cool. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we'll talk, I guess we'll, we'll cover, like, just everything. We're going to talk, uh, we'll rank the albums, at least the Phil era, um, and, uh, do top songs, and, uh, but yeah, when was the first time you remember... Here in Pantera. Uh, I was 13, 14, which I know that was your age too, which I discovered them through, you know, good old John Peters. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, uh, I think... Do you remember what song you heard first? I think it was Walk. Yeah. Yeah. I think it had to have been in like, I almost want to say I heard, uh... I first heard of Pantera, I want to say, probably on, like, Beavis and Butthead. And I think I saw, like, Mouth for War or something like that, like, after it had came out. Like, it came out, like, uh, like, whatever, like, the early 90s or whatever. But I remember, obviously, always seeing the replays of Beavis and Butthead in the mid to late 90s, you know, like, 95, 6, like, seeing those, uh, replays of Beavis and Butthead. And, uh, I think that was the first time I saw it, and I, it was probably Walk. Or mouth for war, um, but the, then I for the Beavis and Butthead segment. Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, I'm broken actually. Well, they did a couple. They did a couple different ones, okay. but uh, I also vividly remember when Demon Knight came out on. I think it was the VHS at the end of the VHS. They had the Cemetery Gates uh, video that they did like mash up with the movie. If you remember that. Next, no. So, like, okay, obviously Cowboys from Hell, Cemetery Gates, that came out in 1990 when they dropped Cowboys from Hell, but Cemetery Gates was, like, one of the main songs for, um, at least on the soundtrack that promoted it, so they cut, like, they cut, like, uh, Cemetery Gates, like, live footage, well, like, you know, just the regular song, but then, like, like live snippets with, like, scenes from the movie. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah. I definitely want to check that out now. And it was like a short, like, radio edit of it. And I remember hearing that and, like, liking it. So Pantera was, like, on my radar. But they didn't, like, become, like, uh, you know, what they were to me, what they are to me now until I got a cassette. I can't even remember where it, like, uh, popped up from. Uh, but when I got, um, it was Vulgar Display of Power and uh, Great Southern Trend Kill. I got the cassettes. I don't know how they came into my possession, whether it was uh, through a relative or, or what. Uh, but then, like, liking, like, some of the stuff, like, I think even, I was just like, whoa, that's, like, fucking crazy. Like, the Great Southern Trend Kill stuff, I was like, wow, that's, like, it was even too crazy for me at that point. 
But, like, obviously, easy ones to get into was, like, Walk was, like, right. obviously, it's just, like, I feel like anybody who first heard Walk, like, there's no way to not like that song. Oh, yeah. Like, and obviously, it's their most popular song, like, bar none. But, I mean, it's just, like, a classic groove and, like, simple and effective songwriting. S- simple plus heavy. But then that's the thing with, uh, like, uh, Dimebag's playing, especially, is stuff that sounds simple actually isn't, like, no. simple. It sounds simple, but it's not. It's, like, you see, get, gain a better perspective of that. But what, uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll bear, break it down very uh, caveman-esque here. Who's your favorite member? Who's been your favorite member of Pantera? Uh, you gotta say Phil. So, like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of controversy with Phil, but, um... I mean, Phil was always, like, uh, he was, in his heyday, especially, those first few releases of Pantera, like, he was the epitome of, like, what a frontman should be. Right. Like, loudmouth, like, very, brought that, like, punk attitude into, like, a metal band. And they, like, 100%, like, brought, like, I feel like they were kind of, like, uh, at the forefront of, like, almost, like, you you know, what later became the new wave of. Uh, American heavy metal with bands like that are directly influenced by Pantera. You talk Lamb of God, Shadows Fall, like all those bands that kind of took from them, and they openly say that too. So they kind of like, and then you listen to some of the like you listen to Domination or you listen to Unbroken, you're like about 500 metalcore bands in the early to mid 2000s ripped off like oh, yeah. Pantera breakdowns. And I think we unknowingly did it in our old band. If you listen to the Eye Contact Killers breakdown, that right. is the Suicide Note Part 2 <laughs> breakdown, 100%. So, Rick, Rick, Ricky, Ricky was literally, he definitely was listening to that when he wrote that. Oh, dude, Crown of Silence was definitely like, a Pantera wannabe band. Oh, my God. But we, uh, well, we covered... Domination. We covered Domination. We did the intro to Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, I remember that. Um... But what was, uh, so I guess if we'll kind of talk uh, a little bit of, like, the sidebands for a minute. Like, they obviously, we're both down fans, oh, too. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, to go back to it, I, I, I think my favorite member has always been Rex. Because Rex really? was just, like, <laughs> I just, I don't know, he was just fucking hilarious. Like, just wearing, like, golf hats, like, and just fucking looking like Steve Buscemi from Airheads. Oh, yeah. Or vice versa. Like, they, obviously, that character is based off Rex right. Brown 100%. Um, but yeah, like, uh, did you ever get into any, uh, like, did like you get, super joint, all that band? yeah, yeah, not really, uh, damage plan, yeah, hell, hell yeah, and then pretty much down, yeah, now, I, honestly, I only, li- I only, I didn't listen to hell yeah a lot, I mean, obviously, now, event, at some point, I'm probably gonna dive into the material just to kind of, like, hear a lot of it, but I did like, uh, a few songs on the first record, Chad Gray's vocals never really don't do too much for me. There's some like there's like maybe three Mudvayne songs where I'm like those are sick, and they're all in their second album. Right. Um. But uh, it was something with his vocals that just never connected with me. But I do like uh the you you wouldn't know song and like the hell yeah like title track and like uh but I didn't listen to like any of their stuff like essentially but like uh. Demons in the Dirt, I just heard that song yesterday, obviously, because, like, Liquid Metal on Sirius yeah. was doing, like, a VP tribute. So I heard that, and I was like, oh, shit, that's that's pretty heavy, that's sick, but, uh, uh, 
you know, what are, uh, I guess we'll, we'll dive into songs. You got your top, uh, Pantera songs? Top Pantera songs. Uh, obviously number one is going to be Domination. Yeah. Fucking, like, if you don't hear that riff, you don't feel Well, like... talk about a song that encomp- encompasses everything. Oh, yeah. Literally everything. Like, it has, like, sick riff. Oh, yeah. Amazing intro. Like, insane breakdown, a fucking, like, uh, a insane face-melting solo. Like, it literally, like, has it all. Like, yeah. it, it's the most, like, uh... And I've seen two bands play the Pantera uh, Domination Breakdown. Do you know what two bands those are? Who? Well, you've so- seen one. You saw them do it, too, every time I die when they did the... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the 2013 run where, one, I saw them, like, four times and got to play with them during the Hot Damn friggin' anniversary tour. But uh, you remember that when they did the Pantera medley. Yeah, I remember that. Um, But you know what another band that did the fucking Domination Breakdown? Who? You'll never fucking believe it. Bane. Really? In Buffalo when I saw them on their last tour before I went to their last show, but, like, months before they were still, like, on tour... And I know uh, Zach, the guitarist, is like a huge uh, Pantera fan, and they fucking played the Domination That's Breakdown. Great. It was amazing. It was fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, same uh, same with me. Domination is uh, number one. Uh, so what's your uh, what's your number two? Number two, I think I have to go with uh, fucking hostile. Fucking hostile. Yeah. I remember. I remember like listening to that because honestly, it wasn't until like I think like two thousand. When I, like, kind of, like, really dived into Pantera, I want to say it was, like, 2000, like, w- like, one, but then, like, really, like, really got a kick on them in, like, 2002, 2003, and, of course, like, stuff was still up in the air, like, the Abbott Brothers and, like, uh, and Phil were, like, throwing jabs in the media and stuff like that, and I remember, like, having fucking, like, Hit Parader and Circus and fucking getting Circus those magazines. magazines. Well, because at the time, like, it's funny, because those are, like, I always think of those, it's so funny, because those magazines were around way before New Metal, but I always associate those with, like, New Metal for some yeah. reason. But in the early 2000s, they started covering more, like, metal, like, real metal and, like, hardcore and metalcore bands. So, like, they were getting, like, Chimera in there and, like, Shadows Fall and, like, uh, Azalea Dying, like, all the shit that I was, like, really getting into, um... So I was just, I started, like, reading them again, and I remember seeing, like, oh, like, and it's, it's so funny to think now, like, you read everything on the internet, but yeah. I literally read in there that, like, uh, Vinny and, Vinny Paul and, and Dimebag have a new band called Hell Yeah with the guitarist from Rob Helford's local, or local band, Rob Helford's uh, solo band singing, and I was just like, oh, fuck. I remember reading that in a magazine, and then obviously, like, seeing it on, a uh, then when, like, the videos and the album dropped, like, seeing it on, like, fucking Uranium. Right. On, like, uh, Much Music, which I later turned into Fuse. Um, and seeing, obviously, like, Headbangers Ball Tour. I remember, like, uh, I want to say it was, like, Shadows Fall, Chimera, and Damage Plan. Maybe that wasn't a Headbangers Ball Tour. I can't remember. But, uh, but yeah, I remember when that all, like, uh, came out. Wait, what the fuck were we talking about? Fucking Hostile. Yeah. Wow, we fucking got way <laughs> off topic. Um, but yeah, I remember when I... Obviously, like, I'm straight edge, but, like, I remember them talking about, like, getting arrested for a joint in that song, and I was just like, it's still fucking sick. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, I'll fucking... Like, Pantera, obviously huge, like, if you watch the home videos, which we have oh, many right. times together, like... Uh, Did they find releases on Blu-ray? No. 
But guy. they did release, like, it's so funny, because, like, two weeks ago, or, like, I think it was last last week, they released the Dime Vision 2, like, more yeah. of Dimebag's, like, home videos and shit. Um, but, like, obviously, like, the huge weed band, like, right. which is fucking hilarious, but, uh, which is funny now, because it's not even, like, controversial at all now, like, for you to be a weed band. I mean, you fucking, you literally, if you got a prescription, you can get weed as easy as fucking getting kick cereal. <laughs> um, but, yeah. My number two is, uh, man, fucking Hostel is fucking, it's not my number two, um, but, man, that song is fucking, like, it's shreds. Yeah, it's so fucking, like, just nonstop, like, fucking, it's just crazy the whole time, it's great. Um, but I'm Broken, my number two, a very close number one to Domination, uh, my last band, Spending Dust, like, it was the last song we played, like, live as a band. Uh, was I'm Broken. Um, but we'd cover that. We started covering that, like, the last, like, year we were a band. And it's fucking just, like, an amazing song. And I love that it's just, like, a, a straight, like, live video of them, like, practicing in a practicing, practice space, like, just fucking, like, right. ripping that song. I love it. And the fucking, like, Vinnie Paul's, like, drums. Like, obviously, we're gonna, we're gonna talk more about Vinnie Paul in this episode. But, uh, man, the drumming in Pantera was literally, like, uh... Like, there's no way that he didn't influence, like, Chris Adler from Lamb of God. Like, uh, you know, Jason Bittner. Even though I think Jason Bittner was playing, like, around the time Pantera was around. Because he was in, uh, I think he was in Stigmata. Um, but, yeah, like, he influenced, like, a whole drum style. And, like, just locking a groove in with the guitar and drums is something that, like, had been done before. But it was never perfected in metal the way pantera did it like it was just fucking a punch to the fucking gut every time like those but it's the brother thing obviously right. like uh alex and eddie like diamond Vinny, like those are probably two of the most famous brother duos in all of rock music for sure but yeah i'm broken is my second one what's your uh what's your third I- i'm broken i'm broken yeah now uh what's your favorite music video that they've done shit you can tell me you're doing music videos now well, you're not doing a top five, but what's like <laughs> off your head? What's like one of your favorite like music videos? I always go back to like their live Russian from uh, I'm broke or not broken domination. Yeah, that I've is seen uh, that fucking live crowd. That is it. fucking great. Um, and I do love all those, and I think that was uh, I think that was Downing Castle Donington Fest, which is now Download Fest. Um, in ninety, I think that was ninety. Two that was it was right before Vulgar came out, but they were obviously still playing all the cowboy shit. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Honestly, probably, probably walk. Walk, walk is just like a sick video. It's just like because it's just like the live crowd. Yeah. And like I don't know. I like the just the way that it was shot and the stage setup. Like just look look sick. Like it just. Makes me think, like, that, like, if I ever, like, needed, like, a picture of, like, what Pantera, like, was, like, the epitome of, it was definitely, like, the walk video, like, for sure, for me. Uh, but yeah, so, your number three was I'm Broken. Mine is Cemetery Gates. Nice. Another one, just, like, a fucking classic, like, Helford-esque, like, fucking vocals, like, insane, like, uh, insane guitar playing on that still to this day. Uh, just fucking, like... It was great. Like, I feel like Dimebag was just tapping into shit that was, like, unheard of at the time. And they were still incorporating, like, 
classic, like, epic, like, Helford-type metal with, like, super, like, punchy fucking, like, groove shit that they were doing, and it's just, like, classic fucking track. Classic track. What's your number four? Drag the Waters. Drag the Waters oh, is yeah. fucking... Oh, my God. That fucking bass fucking will wake the dead. It's right. so fucking, like, so great. And that was obviously, like, Great Southern Trend Kill, obviously, like, so Pantera came off, like, uh, Far Beyond Driven, debuting at number one, like... No fucking radio airplay. Like, they debut, Far Beyond Driven debuts at number one. Uh, and I think it fell, like, pretty quickly after that. But, like, all the fans went out and obviously supported and bought that. And obviously in the, in the home videos, you see them, like, presenting the Far Beyond Driven plaques and stuff for, you know, it going gold, like, the first fucking week or whatever. Uh, so sick. And then, uh, and then obviously after Far Beyond Driven, the Great Southern Trend Kill, like, instead of, like, getting that commercial success and then trying to hit like radio friendly like stuff, they went completely the other way and just got heavier and heavier and heavier and darker. Like obviously Phil was like in a bad like spot as far as like his personal life and drugs and stuff, but they went so far like suicide note part two. It doesn't want me to commit suicide. It makes me want to commit homicide because right. it's a fucking murder track. It's literally like so fucking heavy and like, like sandblasted, or not sandblasted skin. Um, what the fuck are some, I'm trying to think of. Uh, yeah, it was sandblasted skins on that one. Uh, it's just a fucking like. Uh, it's a fucking crazy album, and it's so like dark. Like it's. And Drag the Waters is like a. It was the. It was the only video they did for that one. Um, but obviously that was like. A, it's but I think Phil was getting his. Because they just put out, Down had just put out the first full length, the NOLA record, right, the year before that. So I think that they were, like, Phil was getting that outlet, doing the more, like, Southern Rock or doing the more zeppelin influence like, stuff. So he didn't need to write those radio songs because he was getting that with his, like, with the Down Project. So, like, they just brought Pantera, like, even fucking heavier. Like, uh, where does that, like, uh, like, what's your opinions on Great Southern Trend Kill? Like, is it, we're going to talk, like, albums here in a second, but, like, where do you... Where do you, is it like higher on your list of the top five or lower or in the middle? It's right about the middle. Middle. What's your favorite song on that track, or on that album? Is it Drag the Waters? It's probably Drag the Waters. So, and uh, my number four is Suicide Note Part 2, which Eye Contact Killers by Stronger Ghost was <laughs> definitely fucking ripped off from that. Right. I wish I had the fucking, I have a, a our three song demo somewhere. Jesus, I really? Remember. Somewhere. Oh my god, that would fucking rule. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Drag the Wires is my favorite song off the album. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mine's definitely Suicide Note Part 2. Uh, but Floods is fucking like, so haunting. It's right. like some of Dimes... I think that's some of Dimes' best guitar work is like that solo. I think that's definitely my favorite solo by Dimes in Floods. Um, and obviously that was like a... Like a dark, way darker song too, um, but uh, what's your uh, what's your number five to round off your top five? Cowboys from Hell. Cowboys from Hell. Oh yeah. Uh, again, like that. I think when they drop that album and that song, that's when people are like, "Oh fuck, these guys are like no fucking joke at all." Like it's it's pretty crazy. Um, mine is uh, by Demons Be Driven. Nice. Uh, I fucking love that song and the fucking like drumming in it just fucking gets my dick hard like i just fucking love it i fucking love it and uh 
I think that's, I mean, if you listen to, and I, I've listened to him before, but I listened to him obviously yesterday, people were posting stuff, uh, like on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I listened to isolated drum tracks that Vinny, like just Vinny Paul's drumming and you listen to like some of the drumming, like it's fucking crazy. But obviously, a technique that he did was play the sticks backwards, backwards, which, which we try to get our drummer. To yeah, do. yeah, it just didn't work. Uh, maybe because he didn't wear the gloves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a. Uh, it's it's crazy that he you know obviously has uh, passed away so young at fifty four. But uh, you know what's uh, so if you had to talk your top five uh, albums. What do you rank him? We'll go opposite way now. Now we'll go five to one. We're going to five to one. Let me pull up the old list of here. I think like their last album is like my number five. Yeah. And honestly, the same here. Mine is too. My number five is Reinventing the Steel. Nothing against that record though. Like that is a sick, it's a sick fucking record, but they had just like, I think, and I don't even think, uh, I mean, I'm shocked that they were still writing as good as they were with, like, how tense, like, obviously the relationships were at that point. Um, there are fucking amazing songs on this. There's no doubt that this is a great record. Like, Hellbound, amazing. Uh, Goddamn Electric, uh, fucking Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. You gotta belong to it. Like, that fucking, I love that. You've got to belong to it. Like, it's fucking sick. Uh, Revolution is my name is like fucking amazing song, um, and like I'm, that's where like I think from like s- like the last like five tracks aren't as good as the f- the first half of the record isn't as good as the second half, um, but it's still a great album. But yes, it's my number uh, it's my number five as well. So what's your uh, what's your number four? Number four, um, we'll go with a vulgar display of power. Vulgar display of power. Now, a lot of people put that higher up on their list, which is funny because we didn't coordinate these lists, and my number four is Vulgar display of power. As that's, well. that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was like their breakout. Like Cowboys definitely put them on the map, but like a uh, Vulgar broke them out, obviously with Walk. Oh yeah. Um, new level. New level, like uh, Mouth for War, uh, and obviously like By Demons Be Driven, like fucking amazing songs that were just like. Pop, making that band like go nuts especially when they were touring in in 92 when they took out um when they took out skid row right or i think skid row took them out i can't remember um but either way like yeah like that like definitely put them on the trajectory for you know having obviously their debut album be the next album but yeah mine's uh vulgar too obviously classic like artwork too i feel like right. that artwork goes down with like you know like the scorpions blackout or like led zeppelin 4 fucking like black sabbath paranoid that like you could see a shirt of it without it saying right, you anything know it and you know exactly what it is exactly so what's your uh what's your number three Sean? uh number three which i know we talked about this earlier but uh the great southern trend kill mine as well number three is great southern <laughs> great southern trend kill so our our lists are matching up uh i feel like maybe we're gonna match up all week uh, you think yeah uh, it should be interesting <laughs> but yeah uh, I mean, we ju- we already talked about how like heavy and dark the Great Southern Trend Kill was, and obviously didn't do as good commercially as that, but as a uh, Far Beyond Driven, but fucking amazing. Album. And then another, always they always they never had like shitty artwork. No, it, not in the. I mean, those first records <laughs> were where Terry Glaze was singing were pretty bad, like the Power Magic and fucking right, like those are pretty cheese. Um, Which is funny, because actually. 
there was a record store in New Hartford that actually had like a first print of uh, Power Magic. Really? It was they wanted like two hundred bucks for it. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, was that the Reimagine Records in New Hartford? Yeah, it's like that same plaza with like Big Apple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was no like shit. Yeah, it's like sealed and everything too. No shit. So, uh, what's your uh, what's your number two here? Ah, oh, Cowboys from Hell. This is where it deviates. <laughs> this is where it deviates. And honestly, I changed this last minute because for the longest time, Far Beyond Driven was my number one. Yeah. Um, and I think because of like. Just like the fucking like groove that they were just tapped into, and honestly, it was until yesterday when I started to really think about it. Um, I mean, it's a close number. I mean, it's it different days. It could be different. All depends on your mood. Yeah, but like becoming like fucking insane. Becoming is such an insane song. Like five minutes alone. Right. Like, like uh, fucking uh, there's just fucking like I'm broken. Uh, obviously the Sabbath cover at the end, like, I feel like that was just like, it's so funny when you think about the nineties, but then I feel like there's different types of the nineties that you don't even tap into that you forget. Like you forget about like, you know, for some reason, Far Beyond Driven reminds me of like seeing Rat Fink, like fucking like, you remember Rat Fink, right? No. It was like the fucking, they're like a weird, I don't even know what they actually were, but they were a clothing company. Um, but, like, uh, you'll see the artwork and you'll know, like, immediately. Um, so they were, like, this weird fucking, like, this. I don't even know where they, like, what the fuck were they? They did, like, I don't know what the fuck Rat Fink was, but I remember <laughs> seeing this shit all over, like, toolboxes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I always about associate with, like, Rob Zombie. I don't know why. Well, yeah, his character, like, a lot of the shit he does is very, like, Rat Fink-ish or whatever, but, like, that was the Rat Fink, like, logo. You remember yeah, that right now? Shit, yeah. Okay. I, so, my, like, this is what, like, the mid-90s were for me. It almost felt like post-80s. It wasn't, it what didn't feel like the 90s, really, to me, at least when I think back on it. Because I just remember, like, Satch, my father, wearing, like, Zubas, like, fucking, like, pink and blue, like, fucking, like, weird Tiger Strike, Surfer Sting fucking pants. <laughs> like, fucking wearing the Oakley Blades and, like, a Harley shirt. And, like, there was, like, fucking, we were in a fucking shed. Like spray painting a, a mo like a fucking mini bike with a fucking a rat fink sticker on the fucking toolbox and like five minutes alone playing like that's what I associate like it's so weird like I can think of like an exact time of like how everything was and it didn't like I wasn't thinking like I was disconnected from like the grunge stuff because I was so because we were so young yeah. you know what I mean like I wasn't thinking like oh greasy hair man and plaid right. shirts and. We're gonna friggin', you know. I, I, I mean, I, I had heard Nirvana on the st on the radio and stuff, but I was so like, not like thinking about it. And I didn't even think like, like I said, those mid '90s. I just think about like that time where the '90s were a confused era anyway. I feel like they didn't know what they wanted to do, and like every two years there was like a new trend. Like the first few years of the '90s, it was just like post '80s. Like yeah. everything was still like there were still like neon colors and things like that. And then like '90, like '92. Like af like after the year after or so that uh, Nevermind came out. Nevermind came out in ninety one, right? I'm pretty sure. Frick was here. He'll fucking oh yeah. Give us a whole history of Nirvana. But yeah, it's uh, it was definitely it was like ninety one. I think it's September ninety one. Let's see how good I am. I'll stay. I'll say September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. So twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. I shouldn't have taken the release date. 
We'll see how good my uh, Nirvana knowledge is here. September twenty fourth, ninety one. Oh fuck! <laughs> see, I and you can you can verify I did not look any of these up. No, that's fucking good. I'm good. Eric Eric tried uh, calling me out one time when he said something about the Blink One Eighty Two live album, and he's just like, "That came out in such and such." I was like, "No, it came out like in November of like uh, two thousand. He's like, "How the fuck would you even know that? That's not right." Looked it up. Sure, shit, November two thousand. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, like, uh, the early 90s was just, like, post-80s. No one really knew, like, what the new style was going to be. And then, obviously, with the explosion of grunge, like, just, like, terrible colored shirts, like, fucking, like, green shirts with, right. like, yellow stripes and, like, plaid. And, which, which I own one right now. Yeah, like, it's just not good. And then, like, the mid-90s, I felt like, was just, like, the era where... And I think it was so, such a confusing time, and that's why, like, a band like Pantera could rise, like, to the occasion and, and be slow silently brewing beneath the surface and people don't even realize it like they're not getting radio airplay but they're fucking touring all over america and building a fan base and they're filling up fucking they're filling up hockey arenas right. without radio airplay which is fucking like unheard of and it's similar to what like metallica did in the 80s like before the black album when they were had fucking become like a huge band without radio airplay and i kind of put them on par with each other as far as like you know what metallica did in the 80s and what Pantera did in the 90s. Um, and when you, you really think about it, they almost had the same trajectory in like a de in two decade forms. Like Metallica obviously forming in like 81, putting out, uh, um, I think they formed in 81, but then not putting out in 83, putting out, um, uh, putting out the first record and then having the second record do bigger and then the third record being like their you know right. their mecca which obviously master of puppets is still still saw as like you know their first huge record and uh, that's how like uh i mean i don't think far beyond driven was pandera's first huge record but it was obviously like the biggest to date um but yeah it's interesting how their trajectories were similar um but what number were we on for songs here? or for albums? Oh, the number, the, two. number two. Yeah. So number one is obviously Far Beyond Driven, Far Beyond Driven which we just talked all about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my number one's Cowboys from Hell. And, and honestly, I was looking at it yesterday, compiling the list after we decided we were going to do this episode. And I was just like, it's like, it's been Far Beyond Driven for like literally the past 10 years or so. Um, Probably longer than that, like probably ten or twelve years, and and like just looking and listening to Cowboys from Hell yesterday, and and I was listening and I was just like fuck, like listen to this fucking, and that's when I was just like I like, I like almost I like every song on Cowboys from Hell, which I I love every song on um, Far Beyond Driven, on Far Beyond Driven. But at the same time, like, there's, like, there's two that, like, I was never, like, two or three that I was never huge on, on Far Beyond Driven. I was just, like, well, that's it. Like, Cowboys is, like, my favorite. Like, but listen to this, like, Cowboys from Hell, Primal Concrete Sledge, Psycho Holiday, Heresy, Cemetery Gates, Domination, Shattered, Clash with Reality, Medicine Man, Message in Blood, The Sleep, The Artist Shredding. Like, fucking, like, every one of those right. is, like, insane. And there's just, it's such a showcase of what they could do and what they did. Um... And I think with the friggin' just, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, the fucking like, when your first five songs are Cowboys from Hell, Primal Concrete, Concrete Sledge, Psycho Holiday, Heresy, Cemetery Gates, Domination, when you think about that's, like, the first half of your record. Right. 
Like, you could literally put, like, four covers of, like, fucking the Spice Girls, and it's gonna be still <laughs> one of the greatest records of all time. It's fucking, it really is, like, insane what they, uh, what they did with that first, like, breakout record. Now, what, uh, now, have you listened to the first record that they did with Phil? No, I didn't. So, that's a really fucking sick record. I listened to it years ago, um, but I, I listened to it recently, and it is, like, it's almost like power metal. It's not even like hair metal, even though they were had like hair metal. They were like, honestly, they weren't even like hair metal-esque. Like they did in spandex and stuff, but they were just trying to rip off Van Halen because yeah. Van Halen was like, aside from Kiss, they were Vinny and Dime's like favorite band, obviously having the brother connection too. So, and they were just trying to rip off like Van Halen, I think, but like have like a little bit more of a metal edge. Um, but that record, the first record that they did with Phil had like, um, had like, like, I hate even the term hair metal, but like had those tendencies, but at the same time, like it was still like fucking like, it was super thrashy, which obviously Pantera's had a huge influence, like thrash wise in their music for since forever. Um, and they've been close with all the big four thrash bands, close with Metallica, like close right. with Slayer, very, very close with Anthrax. Um, especially like in the, the nineties, like um like touring after uh when John Bush came into the band and stuff um but yeah it's uh what the fuck was i talking about I'm the sure. first the first uh album yeah Pantera. yeah yeah uh yeah well the first album with, with, uh, phil. with phil yeah power metal um wait was the first one called it wasn't called what was it metal magic not we were calling it power magic oh <laughs> power magic's a great band name though um, yeah, so, it's a hat, I my hat, um, but yeah, power magic, no, no, um, metal magic, or, uh, but yeah, uh, power metal, that, uh, that first record, uh, fucking, with Phil, um, uh, yeah, like, Over and Out, listen to Over and Out, Over and Out's a sick fucking song, it's a great album, but obviously they tapped into, and that's when they shed all the, like, uh, the stage gimmicks and stuff, and they're just like, we're just gonna wear fucking, fucking camo, cam, cam, camo, <laughs> camo shorts and fucking like just Converse. like yeah, and uh, they were like the Ramones of metal in, in a sense to me, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's I remember, and, and I talked about this uh, yesterday, but. I remember when Dime was shot and killed. Like, I remember, like, hearing it and, like, getting confirmation that he was, like... And I think I talked about this in the, the shorter episode I did with... Uh, that was a tribute to Dime last year. But I remember when uh, I woke up and was, CNN was on. This is December 9th, 2004. And uh, Sash, who was a Pantera fan as well, was like, Oh, fucking Dimebag shot up some club last night. And I thought it was just, like, some kind of weird Dimebag antics. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, doing home video shit or something. Like, he fucking, like, let off a firework or fucking he got, like, a gimmick gun and, like, fucking shot it. Or something fucking happened. Right. Um, and then, like, uh, sitting down and, like, hearing what was happening. And then you hear that, like, I heard that, like, Dimebag was dead. I was like, holy fuck. Like, because I was, like, super, like, I was super into that, like, uh, Damage Plan record. Um... And I was a huge Pantera fan at that point, and I was just, like, fucking, like, shocked. I was like, holy fuck, like, 
dude was like murdered on stage in, in in front of his brother. Nevertheless, like you know, it was just it's such a such a crazy thing, and it was definitely like one of the most surreal things involving like heavy music, like by far. Um, but I remember obviously we talked about we've talked about this many times, like me coming into our history class yeah, and telling you, you that dime had, you fucking throwing your books across the room. Well, I, yeah, I was fucking like I was fucking pissed. It was so like fucked up and like. She's like, how the fuck does that happen? Like, it's 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 insane. But uh, and obviously there was been there's been a million different stories about like what an awesome dude Dime was as far as like being nice to other bands and shit like that and just being like they'll do anything for a good time type thing. But Vinnie Paul, uh, I just I've been reading like crazy stories. Uh, the people have been posting it about how they were on a uh, Mayhem Fest and someone it was on Mayhem, I think so. And Vinnie Paul, like, uh, would buy, like, he'd buy all the shit to barbecue and would barbecue for all the bands. That's what I'm like, saying. him himself right. would buy all the food. Like, what, that's, like, insane. And obviously he owned, like, the clubhouse, which was a strip club. And I think he owned, like, a couple different joints because he was living in, obviously from Dallas area, Arlington, Dallas, um, and it had the clubhouse in there. And obviously it was, uh, he was actually a huge uh, Las Vegas guy and lived out in Las Vegas and stuff. Um, but he just seemed like, and I think it was just the, how him and Dime were like, you know, especially with bands, you just meet all these bands are like, eh, we only did one tour with them, but anytime we saw them, like, you know, they were like super nice. Like you were instantly like family if you yeah. played like music together and stuff like that. But like hearing those stories where he just like bought like all the barbecue stuff to like barbecue, like I mayhem, like it's fucking like insane. Like just, you know, out to have a good time, like super positive, like. Uh, and I think that'll be the legacy, definitely, of, like, Vinny and Dime, for sure, as just being, like, super nice guys, like, trying to just do good, especially right. by, like, other bands and shit, people in their genre and shit. But what is, uh, like, when people will say, uh, when people will say, uh, Pantera or, like, Vinny Paul to you, like, what are, what are your thoughts? Like, he is, obviously, he's going down as one of the best metal drummers of all time. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, just the way, like, Dime was going down as, like, one of the greatest Chris. guitar players. Like, they have got to be, like, one of the... I I put them number one as far as, like, uh, brother duos in music. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, you could talk Van Halen all day, but, like, uh, as far as, like, the heavier side of, like, you know, rock and metal, like, it's fucking... It's crazy what they did, especially, like, with no radio airplay. Like, bringing that band to the heights that they did and then staying there for... You know, not a, a super long time, but long enough, fucking, you know, 10 years or... Had to make an impact. Yeah. But, uh, what are your, uh, when someone says Pantera to you now, like, what are the first things you think of? Not really, like, them per se, but I always think about, like, shit when we were growing up. Yeah. Like, your youth. Yeah. You know? First, like, really falling in love with music, and obviously the bass, I think, that you still own to this yeah, day. Yeah, I was playing it yesterday. Yeah, is the, the, the dime bass. Yeah. Which was... That was a Dean bass, right? Yeah. A Dean bass that was, a, you know, like a bass version of of Dime's the guitar. of the Razorback, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, rest in peace, Vinnie Paul. It's a, uh, it's fucking sucks that he is, you know, gone at fifty four, the young age, obviously. Uh, but talk about living the fucking life, man. Oh yeah. Like they definitely made their time here, fucking, you know, ten uh, ten lifetimes. Uh, compared to most people's and uh yeah 
fucking uh, Pantera. What a fucking legendary band that's, you know, obviously left a mark on millions of people's lives. And to think that, like, you know, millions of people listen to your music and millions of people are remembering you, like, it definitely, like, uh, that definitely says something about you, so... You can't be uh, anything but, like, uh, stoked at the end of the day when it all boils down. So, rest in peace, Finny Paul. Uh, you can check us out on uh, Instagram at HeartGuideMedia, uh, on Twitter at HeartGuideMedia. Uh, you can listen on iTunes and SoundCloud, rate and review uh, on iTunes. Um, and let us know if you want us to come to Spotify. I've seen a couple requests, but uh, it seems I don't want to go out of the way to put it on Spotify if people aren't going to really fully listen. Uh, but I want to thank anybody who does listen to this podcast. Um, obviously the dominant, uh, portion being from the United States, but, uh, people in Germany, Spain, Canada, the UK, Portugal, Australia, and the Ukraine, uh, who have been listening, um, were like our top, uh, countries. I just wanted to shout them out and really give, uh, um, you know, due for, uh, checking this, uh, podcast out in the, uh, United States. So, uh, but yeah, uh, so we're going to leave you with uh, a little Pantera 